through 18, that God gives us spiritual armor, spiritual warfare. And a lot of times we're like, well, Jesus was a peacemaker. No, he was a peacemaker through spiritual warfare. And you and I cannot just sit back and let the devil have his way. Here we go, Luke 18, all right? Take your Bible out, Luke chapter 18, verses 1. We're going to start there. I'm going to read this to you out of, uh, uh, out of the New Living Translation, because I just like the way it, it, it sounds. Father, we will not back down from the enemy of our souls. We're not fighting flesh and blood. We're not fighting people. We're not fighting nationalities. We're not fighting people of political differences. We are fighting the enemy of our souls. And the Bible says in John 10.10 that thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus, you've come to give us life more abundantly. And that abundant life is ours through faith in you and through using the weapons of prayer. So Lord, speak to us through the Holy Spirit today in the message. And let us respond and let us become prayer warriors who are changing our world instead of being changed by the world in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. In the New Living Translation, NIV will follow along. It says this, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city. He He said, Who never feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while. But finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord said, Learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, verse 8, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? How many of you have faith? How many of you have given up in prayer? How many of you have just kind of let the world tell you how to live your life? Or you're you're in survival mode? And that, that happens at times. But I want to challenge you. I want to move you to not a passive faith, but a proactive faith. That's why I'm here. That's why Pastor Stan has been sent to Rockville Assembly. is so that we can change the world by changing you and changing the people around us. Amen? So this is a new year. Amen? Come on. Amen? We're believing for greater things in your life, in our families, in our church. And so now... Again, I, I'm going to talk about this because my father was in the military and I thought I was going to be in the military, but I'm in a, a new army, a spiritual army. It's, it, it's much more powerful. And I have all respect for, for military forces. And I know that sometimes we, we get bad. We know war is not the answer. It's not always the answer. But a, a nation has to have, a, have an army to defend itself. Now, some of you remember the U.S. Navy SEALs stormed a secret compound, the secret compound of Osama bin Laden a few years ago in Pakistan. Within 40 minutes, they, they neutralized the threat. That's the, the term they would use. And they were back on the helicopters and headed for safety. These fine-tuned operators uh, didn't become a fierce fighting force overnight. They trained. And they had to go through a training process. In fact, um, for the first phase of training for the Navy SEALs, it lasts about eight weeks. And in, in, in the middle of the week, please, I'm just using what they term, in, in the middle of that, they have a thing called Hell Week. And during that Hell Week, they get four hours of sleep uh, during a 132-hour period. 100, period. Can you imagine that? Some of you have probably done that, right? 
Uh, so, so, they, so they go through this. They, let me just read this so I get it right. The, the intensity ratchets up significantly during this ultimate test of mental, physical, and emotional strength. Candidates, again, get only four hours of sleep during the 132-hour period. They are wet and cold the entire time. They are required to swim through mud, push logs up sand hills, and carry boats with their bare hands, all while dealing with chafing, bleeding, open sores, and tired muscles. To compound all this, then they're yelled at, they're screamed at, they're told that they're losers, they're not going to make it. Or they're said, hey, anytime you want to leave, you can leave. In fact, do you guys have the slide, there's a bell. Do you have the bell? Hit the, the next slide. Um, is there one just with a bell that says, just the bell? Uh, and so they have this bell on, the, on this training session. And anytime one of these trainees, it's just too much for them, they, they go over there, they ring this bell, and they put their helmet at the base of this bell. And they say, I, I can't do this. I, I'm just not cut out for this, or it's just too much for me at this time. And so what I want to challenge you in, in this sense is this. As believers, we're in an intense spiritual battle for the souls of mankind, for your soul, your family's soul, for your co-worker, your neighbors. And see, some, some believers are actively engaged, like that video said, I will not back down. Some believers have given up. They've rung the bell. Now hit it. Don't ring the bell. I want to challenge you, don't ring the bell and quit. Don't just go through life and let the, the world tell you how to live. And don't let circumstances that just happen every day think, this must be God's will that I'm sick all the time. It's not God's will for you to be sick all the time. I guess it's just God's will that I'm just in debt all the time. That's maybe partly your fault, but it's not always God's plan. I just guess it's God's plan that I just don't see victory. That is not God's plan for your life. Amen? And what happens, because we live in a crazy busy area, and it will consume you. And the devil of our souls is going to trick you, and he's tricked some of us to quit. To give up, not to pray, not to stand up, not to read the word, not to live for God. And you see, some have quit, some have just, again, passive, they live a passive life. And I want you to live a proactive life. Amen? The Bible wants you to live a proactive life. So here we go. Number one, don't quit. Say, don't quit. Don't quit. Whatever you're going through right now, don't quit. I, as I was preparing the sermon this week and I was praying, I said, there's been t- plenty of times in my life I've wanted to quit. There's been many times in, in my spiritual walk I've wanted to quit a certain thing. Uh, I, on, you know, you just, the, the life just seems overwhelming. And that time is when you call on the Lord. Amen? Be persistent. Jesus is telling his disciples never quit. He used this parable of the persistent widow to illustrate a prayer-filled lifestyle. Life is demanding. I encourage you, don't quit. When you don't have any strength, what does the Bible say in Ephesians 6.10? Finally, brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord. Remember we talked, if you weren't here last week, I started this series talking about David. He went and there, his village and his people, they were all taken. And they, they cried out to the Lord for strength. It says they strengthened themselves in the Lord. This widow, can, and some as parents, you understand this. When you're, when you're a parent of a child, you don't want anyone messing with your kids, do you? And so imagine this widow, maybe who knows what's happened, but maybe her husband was killed, maybe her son was killed, maybe their children was killed, and she, it was unfair, and unfair things happened. And she says, this is not right, I, I want justice. And she bugged this judge, and this judge says, I don't fear God, I don't fear people, but this lady is constantly, I'm, I'm at the bagel shop, she's, hey judge, don't forget. I'm working out in the gym. Judge, don't forget. I'm in the courtroom. Judge, don't forget. I'm eating dinner. She's knocking on my window. Judge, don't forget. You know, it's crazy, but it says that she was persistent. And my question for you is, are we persistent like that in our prayer life? Are we persistent in like that with our spiritual life? Or do we just let the world tell us how to live our lives? Or, you know, you get tired, you get weary. I understand that. But I want to challenge you to, to go to a new level of spiritual growth. The widow 
symbolize Jesus' message. Don't quit. Don't ring the bell, even in the face of delay and hardship. Because God is for you. Amen? Verses 7 and 8. Let me just read this to you again. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant them justice. He will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? God wants to answer your prayer. You see, sometimes we quit after 30 minutes. Oh, he hasn't answered my prayer. After a day, oh my, this is just tough. I can't, oh, I'm getting weak. Seriously. We live in a society that quits everything. We live in a fast-paced, get it while you can, and, and fast food mentality that even spiritually, you have to fast for 30 days and pray for 30 days, and you don't get it and you quit. Don't do that. Some things sometimes may take a lifetime. God will not ignore your plea for what you need, for justice, for a miracle. Amen? Come on, amen? The second thing is discouragement and prayerlessness. A lack, listen to this, a lack of persistence and vitality in your prayer life probably means that you're discouraged. Everybody say, I can get discouraged. Come on. But God can give you courage. God can give you strength. And you see, discouraged believers, and I've happened to me, you retreat to a life of apathy. Well, God didn't answer that prayer, so why should I pray? Forget it, I'm not going to pray. Don't do that to yourself. You're hurting yourself. You're not hurting God. God is saying, I want to answer your prayer, but you give up too quick. I want you to call on me. I want to do the working life. I want to bring the miracle. I want to bring the answer to your life. I, I want you. So, so when you get discouraged, go to God. Call someone. Email me. Call me. I will pray with you. The pastoral staff is available for you. I know nowadays because of text messaging and all that, some of you don't call me ever. I know it's kind of weird. We, we get more phone calls from solicitors, right? It used to be that church people would call us, and I don't mind, or text me, email me, have hey, Pastor i got a progress, I need a miracle. Text it to me, email me, Facebook message me, whatever, I will pray with you. Because I don't want you to be discouraged. I want you to go on, amen? Here's the thing. You see, the devil, he's very skillful. He's very deceptive. And he loves to use the weapon of discouragement. And, I, and I, if, if you were here last week, I alluded to this. At the end of, of the year, I try to... From Christmas Eve on, we have our wonderful candlelight service. And from Christmas Eve on uh, in, until after the day after New Year, I, I just I take a break. I use a week of vacation and I go and retreat. I reflect. I, I get excited. I quit. I, I, I get frustrated. I get angry. I my poor little dog. I just kick him. I'm just kidding. I don't kick my dog. Uh, you know, my, I yell at my family. I don't do it, but I do. I, I mourn for the last year, the things that I didn't do that I wanted to see done. But then I say, Lord, this is a new year, man. 2014, I'm excited about the new possibilities. And so sometimes you can get in life, you can get in with a job, you can get in a church like, well, Pastor, we haven't seen a lot. It's the same old thing. Just re-up now. Say, this is a new year. Discouragement is not of the Lord, it's of the devil. Say that with me. Discouragement is not of the Lord, it's of the devil. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Don't be discouraged, amen. Find faith in God. Pray through, amen. So seek the Lord. Go to Him. Check this out. A prayer warrior, they're charged with the task of seeing the betterment and expansion of the kingdom of God. You're not just praying for your family. You're not just praying for yourself. You're not just praying just for your own life. You're praying for this church. You're praying for this nation. You're praying for every church and every nation of the world. Amen? You have the ability, through prayer, to change the world. 
I want to challenge you. You see, a prayer warrior doesn't just say me, myself, and I. They say, how can I help my church? How can I help my nation? How can I help my people? How can I help all the nations? In fact, when they pray, it's not just a prayer of repentance and, oh, God, bless me. But it's a prayer of God, help the church grow. Lord, we pray for the believers in other countries that are being persecuted or they're in prison. Lord, I pray for those who've lost loved ones. And I pray for missionaries. I pray for our government. Uh, we pray and expect God to answer prayers. Amen? So I want to challenge you. Start saying, you know what, I'm going to pray. In fact, the Hebrew word for intercessor is pagwa. Pagwa. And what it means, it means, it means to meet together, to stand in between. So when you intercede, you're meeting together with God. In fact, you should pray with other people because there's power. Pastor Daniel and Kelsey and I, this, this Friday afternoon, we got together and we prayed. And it, because Jesus, I was reminded, it says, where two or three are in my name, I am there in the midst. And whatever you ask in my name, I will give it. So, man, we had a powerful prayer time. So sometimes you need to call someone. You need to meet with someone. Hey, let's meet for coffee or let's just meet for 10 minutes. Let's pray together. Amen. Let's intercede together because things happen when the church intercedes. Amen. And God loves it when we call on his name. God loves it when we intercede for, for nations, for other people, for people that maybe you grew up in a culture and you didn't like that tribe or that tribe didn't like you or, or you didn't like those certain people or that certain nation. God is the God of all nations. Amen? And so God wants us to pray for other people and other nations. And so I challenge you. In fact, Ephesians 6.18 says this. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Don't just pray that you have a nice warm cup of Starbucks coffee. Don't just pray for a nice hair day or hair maybe, I don't know, or, or a nice shiny hair, whatever. Don't just pray for that stuff. That's fine. You should pray for that. But also say, start saying, Lord, let me begin to see bigger than that. Let me pray for this church. As I told you, I take the church director. And if your name's not in the director, there's some back there. Give us a card so I can pray for you. Uh, I try to take your name and I try to pray over you. I try to pray for your life. But then I pray for the greater church in this area. I pray for the church in America. I pray for the church in every country that it would be about its business of redeeming lost mankind. Amen? I'm going to challenge you. Would you not just pray for your own good, but pray for the good of the kingdom of God? Can you do that? Because when you begin to pray for that, God will take care of your needs. Amen? The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Now, let me talk about this. Why people ring the bell? Why people ring the bell? There's a few reasons. I'm going to talk about four reasons God doesn't answer prayer. How many of you know there's a thing called the law of gravity? Who founded or who found the law of gravity? Remember? Newton? So, if, if, none of you do this, by the way. Don't ever do this. But if you fell off a building, like a 10-story building, uh, or you actually got pushed or something, or you jumped, check this out. It, it, no matter who you are, there's called the law of gravity. The law of gravity says this. If a person got pushed off a roof or jumped off a roof of a building, they would, they would come crashing to the ground at the rate of 32.2 feet per second, regardless of their age, regardless of how much money they have, regardless of their gender, regardless of their ethnicity, regardless of their belief system, regardless of their political leaning, the law of gravity takes over. And in the same sense... Sometimes we ring the bell of prayer because we don't understand the laws of prayer. We don't understand that the Bible is very clear. Check this out. Proverbs 15.8 The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but He delights in the prayers of the upright. He delights in you praying. However, here's the caveat, 
God does not like it when we disobey Him. And when we live in disobedience, He generally doesn't answer those prayers unless it's a prayer of repentance and a prayer of help. I need help, God. Please help me overcome this. I want to stop this, but I can't help me. But when you're in disobedience, God will not answer prayers when you're disobedient to Him. And so we get frustrated. And, or when, you're, when your prayer is about yourself when you, or, or whatever. We'll talk about that. But I want to challenge you to say, Lord, help me not to ring the bell in prayer, but help me to go on. Let me learn the aspects of prayer. In fact, this morning, at the end of the service, don't fight for them. And I've, I've done this before. But I, I think every Christian in the world should read this book. It's called Touch the World Through Prayer by, by Wesley Duell. I have ten copies up here. Don't fight for them. Um, I'm asking you, if you don't have this book, take this book and start reading it one chapter a week. Your prayer life will change. I thank God when I was in college and in 1985, a, a lady in my church gave me this book, said, here, Stan, you're going to need this since you're called to ministry. This book will change your prayer life. It absolutely changed my prayer life. It opened my eyes to spiritual warfare. It wasn't all weird stuff. It was just biblical stuff. Wesley Duell was a pastor in India and he saw spiritual warfare firsthand. And so I want to challenge you. There's ten of these books and if, you're, if they're not available, you can get it from christianbook.com or talk to me. I am asking that you just help us cover the cost for $10. If you can't afford it, please take it. It's a gift from the church. They're up front. Don't come get it right now, okay? Get it at the end. But I, I challenge you. You've got to put down Sports Illustrated. Put down the Washington Post. Put down Vogue magazine. Put down Popular Mechanics. Put down soccer, you know, football del mundo. Put that thing down and start reading this book with the Bible. And your life is going to change. I challenge you. Come on, I dare you. Come on, put down the technical manual. Some of you like, you're, you're, you're de- developing the new Windows, you know, 29. Put that thing down for a little bit. Pull your, your medical journal. I don't know what you're doing. Put it down and read this book. One chapter a week. Your life is going to change. The world's life is going to change because you are a prayer warrior. Amen? So I want to challenge you. God wants you to make requests. He delights. Say, God delights. God delights in you asking Him. Yes, pray for your needs. But don't just pray for your needs. Oh, God, bless me with a billion dollars. Oh, I could use it. You know, Everyone could use a billion dollars. But what are you, what are you really going to do with a billion dollars? Oh, man, Pastor, I got, I got every dollar spent. Then maybe your motives are wrong. Yeah, and then you're broke. Thanks, Lynn. But maybe the church could use a billion dollars. Maybe a, a convoy of hope could use a billion dollars. And you could maybe use a million. I don't know. 500,000. A dollar. I don't know. Pray the big picture prayer. You see, this world, this country tells us to be consumed with your life alone. God says, don't be consumed with your life. Think about other people. Think about those in need. Think about praying for the world. Amen? He says, I want to answer your prayer. Just like the unjust judge, he says, I'm waiting for you to pray. I'm waiting for you to be persistent. Amen? I want to challenge you. Let me give you four things. Four things about unanswered prayer. In fact, let me tell you this. The good news about the kingdom of God is that, unlike the Navy SEALs, I think they can probably go through that cycle to try to become a Navy SEAL once or twice. I'm not sure exactly. Um, But with with the prayer warrior, you can re-enlist any time. If you've rung the bell and you've quit, you can say, God, I re-up right now. I'm ready to pray again. I'm ready to believe. So let me give you four things. Number five, it says this. Answered prayers come from being out of the will of God. Unanswered prayers, I'm sorry, unanswered prayers come from being out of the will of God. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Many of us, before we were Christians, 
We lived a life of pain, hardship, confusion because of our self-centeredness. Now, as Christians, it doesn't mean it's a rose garden. It doesn't mean cake and ice cream every day. There are still tough times, right? But in the tough times, we have a peace from God that passes all understanding. We, we know that if we're following God, things are going to work out. Say this, things are going to work out. One of my other favorite things that gets said in, in the Bible, we don't use it in this English today, is that, and it came to pass. Often in the Bible it says, and it came to pass, meaning that the, the trial ended. The victory was, was brought. And so I want to challenge you that God is, is for you. Amen? Once again, when we became Christians, it didn't mean that we would never face trials again, but it meant that we would overcome because of Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. One of the ways God protects us, listen to this, I know some of you don't like this, but one of the ways that God protects us is He doesn't give us everything that we pray for. Isn't that good? You're like, no. I want everything. But you see, if you want everything, you would just be another spoiled brat. Right? And you would dictate to God and you would tell God, in fact, again, we have this Santa Claus in the sky or the sugar daddy in the sky content about God. He is not that way. But... He doesn't answer all the prayers because some of those prayers lead us away from him. I'm telling you, I I was just thinking when Chip Chip Ingram was talking about him being in the ministry for over 30 years. I've been a pastor, I can't believe this, for over almost 26 years now. Wow. I'm only 30. Can you imagine? I'm just kidding. I'm 48. And and I was thinking about that. And and, and here, and I, I had said this example many times, but it is so sad. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart where I've seen so many people and they come to church, Pastor, will you pray for me? Would you pray that I succeed in my business or my, or my life? And I say, yeah, I pray for you, but don't forget. Okay, I won't forget. And I pray for them and all of a sudden they become wildly successful. And guess what? Nine out of ten of them start leaving the church because that wild success has now consumed their life. And you see, sometimes we say, God, I want, to, I want to excel in my business. I want to excel in school. I want to excel at teaching or whatever I do. I want to, I want to do my best. I want, to, I want to make a lot of money. And God says, I don't want you to do it because you're, you're, you're going to get away from me until your heart's right. Do you see what I'm saying? So sometimes we pray for things and God says, you know, I'm not going to give that to you because it's going to lead you away from me. It's going to lead you away from us and what the kingdom of God is doing. And, and then God cannot, listen, God cannot and will not, this is theology, answer prayers that go against his character or his kingdom. God, I just wish that church over there would die. No. God, I just wish that, that, that Democrats who say they're Christians would die. No. Or those Republicans, they would die. No. God is not pleased that anyone dies without him. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, God, I wish you would get those people. In, in fact, you... We've got to be careful, especially in this day. And I know, I know that there are some radical Muslims. Not all Muslims are evil. I know there's radical Islam, and, and those radicals are the ones causing a lot of problem in our world. Uh, and it could be other radicals. But you've got to remember, God loves even Muslims. He loves atheists. He loves Hindus. He loves, he loves all people. Amen? So be careful when, when, again, you know, I mean, I was thinking about when, when Osama bin Laden was... Neutralized when he was killed, that I, I, I was at district council and I turned on the news and all of a sudden the college students, people are cheering, Osama bin Laden has been killed. People were going crazy. College students went down to the Capitol and they were like, ah. I think to myself, you know, how often it's sad that we celebrated. I mean, this guy was evil. But my heart broke. I said, he probably died and went to hell, cursing God, 
you know, cursing people. I think that's not really what God wanted for him, but that was the life he chose. But we should never be happy when people die. We should never say, oh, they deserved it. We should say, God saved them. God helped them. Amen? You see, God doesn't want us to live outside of fellowship with him. He doesn't answer prayers that go against his will. However, he does answer prayers that are with his will. 1 John 5, 14-15. Are you doing good? It's a good word today. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, check this out. Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked for. You see, our prayer request should flow out of a relationship with God. The Bible says that God does not want any man or woman or child to perish. So it is God's will for you to pray for the lost people of the world. Okay, that is God's will. Oh, if it's God's will to save my family, oh, it is absolutely God's will to save your family. It is God's will to save Muslims, people that call themselves Christians, Jews, Hindus, whoever they are. God wants them saved. Amen? You've got to begin to say, I've got to believe God for this. As you know your father, let me talk about this for a second. As, as a child, you know, again, we have to teach our kids no, right, from the beginning, because it's always mine. You get a group of, of little toddlers together, and there's one toy. Isn't it amazing? There's like 50 toys, and one kid has one toy, and, and all four of those kids want that one toy. Why is that? Because we're selfish by nature. And you see, God is trying to grow you up and stop being selfish. Oh, God, bless me, bless my kids, bless my, bless, 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 me, 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 me. You see, that's cool, but what about you praying for other people as well? What about praying not just for your church, but other churches? And God is wanting you to move. You see, the thing is, how you know to begin to pray God's will is you spend time with God. You spend time with God's word. You spend time with the Father. See, as I got older, there were certain rules and regulations that my dad, that I, I did not understand, but I began to know the more time I spent with my dad. The more time I spent with my mom, I knew what they wanted and what they desired to the point that, you know, when they became older, I wanted to take care of their house because they blessed me with a house. You know, as little kids, sometimes you don't care. Where's all the food? And you slam the door and you break things and... And, you know, you have, a, you have a new pair of shoes. Like, I'm, well, man, I need a new pair of shoes, you know. Gosh, I need a new cell phone. Uh, this, this Apple 58 is old now. Last week, gosh, my parents don't care. And as you begin to get older, and you begin to see that your mom and dad sacrificed. Because I saw uh, my, my mom and dad, and my, living now, we're talking about when people go through tough times. My dad, when, especially during the 70s, when there was like that depression, when there was a real depression, economic depression. I'm not saying we're not going through tough times. But my mom and dad, my dad would work two or three jobs to make sure there was food on the table. In fact, it was sad because my dad had to turn a car back in because he got laid off and didn't have a job and it was, it was a depression. A lot of people were doing that. But my mom would work double shifts. My dad would work handy jobs to provide so that my brother and I could have food on the table and clothes on our, our backs. And as I began to get older, I began to appreciate what my dad and my mom were doing. I began to want to take care of them. I wanted to take care of their stuff. And you see, the more time you spend with God, the more time you mature with God, you begin to care for God's things more than you did as a kid. You stop looking at God as a sugar daddy. Go, God, give me this, 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 this. Then you start saying, God, I pray for this to happen. You begin to pray. And the Bible says in 1 John, when it's in His will, He wants to answer it. He wants you to succeed in your life. But He also wants your neighbor to succeed. He wants the church to explode. He wants people all over the world to know Him. Do you see what I'm saying? 
So when you see inequities or injustices in the world, and, and I know, because there's sometimes I read the paper, I just get frustrated. And I'm like, I, I can't read the paper. I can't watch the news anymore because I just get frustrated. But then I have to remind him, Father, this breaks your heart. This breaks your heart. Lord, I, I intercede for these people. I intercede for these things that are ha- happening. Would you go to that kind of prayer life? Instead of you quitting, would you step up, amen, and begin to pray? Say, God, let me begin to pray in your will. So, so sometimes... God does not answer prayers because we are out of the will of God. Let me go on to the next thing. Number six, unanswered prayers come when we don't take action. Unanswered prayers come when we don't take action. You see, the persistent widow never allowed discouragement. I'm sure she was discouraged, but she never allowed it to stop her from from taking action. Can you imagine the village? I'm sure that when she was walking down the street in the market, the people are like, oh, there's the widow. She's wacko. She's never going to get justice. You ever been told that? You're never going to see that happen. It will never succeed. You're never going to do it. And I get a little rebellious when people tell me that. Because then I say, you know what? You're not God. And if God's called me to do something, or if there's something God wants me to have, you see, that I'm sure she got discouraged, but I'm sure she prayed. And she never stopped. And she went to the judge constantly. She was persistent. Amen? There was action. She prayed but she didn't stay in her house. Oh, God, please help me. She didn't. I'm having a prayer meeting. And she went to the judge. You see, a lot of us, we pray and we pray and we pray and we don't see an answer. We get frustrated. We ring the bell. I'm done. I can't pray anymore. And God said, I'm waiting for you to take some action. Will you actually get up and do something? It's like when you're looking for a job, right? You can pray about having the best job in the world, but you can't get that job until you actually go out or send your resume out or make phone calls or make contacts. Amen? Come on, Amen? It's in the same in the spiritual realm. So, so God doesn't answer prayers when we don't want to take action. When we don't want to take a step of faith. When we don't want to go out and do what God wants us to do. In fact, let me give an example. God uses truth and prayer together. And, and for us to tell our, friend, our family and friends, it's our responsibility to pray for your co-workers, your family, your friend for their salvation. But it's also your responsibility to be a light to them. To share the good news. You don't have to hit them over the head with the Bible, but be ready to share good news to them. Amen? You see, what happens, though, in the church in America is we pray for lost people over and over. I've been praying, Pastor. I've been praying for my dad. He's not been saved, but have you ever shared the gospel with your dad, too? God's been waiting for you. He's given you opportunities every day, some, in some way, to share the good news with your dad or your brother or your coworker. But I'll get fired. Maybe, maybe not. God's big enough to provide you a better job if you get fired. Come on, Amen? You see, God, he's waiting on us. He's saying, I will answer that prayer. Oh, God, save my heathen neighbors. Do you, do you talk to your heathen neighbors? Or do you go like this when you see them? Oh, ew, gosh. Oh, ew, gross. No wonder they don't like you. Come on, think about that. So, so when, have you shared? Have you reached out to them? Have you loved on them? Have you said, hey, can I pray for you? And I told you, that one of my neighbors next door, I told you the story many times, his name was Mike, he was an alcoholic, and I, I mean, constantly, I was praying for the guy, the guy would be in a drunk stupor, and sometimes I wanted to punch him. I said, man, you're, you're, whatever, you've been drinking, it reeks all over, it stinks, and he's like, you know how it is, you've been, so, you know, some of you were in that state once before, maybe last night, don't do that anymore. And, and so there were times, the guy was just, he was offensive, and he just would say foolish things, and I, told, I was like, I want to just like, get out of here. I was like, Lord, save him, because that's not what, that's not him. That's the alcohol. And I prayed for him on my knees, but I also said, let me share. And I gave him a Bible, and, and he said, man, I stand, I read the Bible, and I said, man, I said, Mike, the only way you're going to lick this thing is, yes, going to Alcoholics Anonymous, but you need to ask Jesus in your life. 
And, and one time during, and he was just drunk, man. I got, he ran into my car and I was like, ooh, you know, he backed up and thanked the Lord. He didn't dent it. It was like, wow, that's cool. Thanks, Lord. And he pulled out and, 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 and I was telling, I was saying, man, Mike, I, I know you're, you're inebriated. But I said, you need to accept Jesus as your Savior. He will set you free. And I said, Lord, I know he was drunk, but I, I'm, I, your words are powerful. And a few weeks later, Mike, of course, had to move away. But Mike said, Stan, I accepted Jesus. I've read the Bible. I know, I know, I know I'm, a, I'm a drunk, but I accepted Jesus. Would you keep me in prayer? So I still pray for the guy. There's another neighbor behind me. His, his name is so-and-so. Because I don't want, if he ever shows up, because I've invited him. And, and, and he knows I'm a pastor, but I talk to him. And, and, and my friend so-and-so has hurt his back. And uh, it may end his career. And I said, man, so-and-so, I'm praying for you, man. Hey, whatever we can do, I'm believing God for a miracle in your life. I'm looking for opportunities to share. You see, some of you are praying for neighbors and friends, but you're not looking to opportunities. You're saying, I'm praying for the heathen to get saved. They need it. No, you need to say, God, let me be the tool. In fact, let me read the scripture. Romans 10, 14 through 15. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You see, the believing phase comes from the hearing phase. You have to share the good news. In fact, prayer and action go hand in hand. The persistent widow prayed and acted. And you see, some of us have rang the bell because we're waiting for God to act and God's waiting for us to act. Come on, amen? I want to challenge you. Stop ringing the bell. Quit. Stop. Stop. Pick it up. Say, God, I want to go forward. You see, in fact, Jesus didn't just say pray for the harvest. In fact, I don't, I don't know if he said pray for the harvest, but he said the harvest is ripe. In fact, John 4.35 says, Do not say four months more than the harvest. Tomorrow I'll tell them about Jesus. Next week. Next year. Because they may not be around next week. They might die in a car accident. I don't mean to be mean to you. They might move away. You might never see them again. Here's what he said. I, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Then down in John 4.38. Check this out. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. He didn't say just pray for the harvest. He says, now go out there and start bringing it in. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefit of their labor. Pray and take action. Pray for your neighbor. Pray for your coworker, And then say, God, give me opportunity to share the good news about Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid. I'm telling you, when you say that, opportunities come. And you don't have to be all like, I'm praying, you know, I'm holy. Or you don't have to be all weird. They're just going to ask you, what is it about your life? There's something different. I want that. I want that. Tell me about it. Even in your imperfections, they see Jesus in your life. Isn't that awesome? So, so God doesn't answer prayers when we don't take action. The, the, the last one. The last one, number seven, is unanswered prayers come from doubting God's ability. Unanswered prayers comes from doubting God's ability. Faith is critical in achieving and maintaining a vibrant spiritual life. In fact, Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Doubt displeases God. Especially when He's done numerous miracles in your life. He saved your soul. And I know, because I go through the times and I'm like, God... Help me. Help me. In fact, there, there was a season in my life just, 
I'm just telling you how, how good God is because I, I stuck with it and we were persistent. There was a season in my life, and I was just thinking about this yesterday. I don't know if I should share this with you. No, I think I'll not. No, I will share it with you. There was a season when we, we, we bought a house in, in Urbana. And, and it was tight because the, the amount that we were told we'd owe was more. And it was stretching us out because, again, the taxes were higher. You know, and it, was, it was right when the, when the economy bubble popped. And, and so things were tight and, and we were struggling. And I was thinking this. I was, I was thinking this. I didn't say it. I said, God, I know that I've been through hard times before. And this, but this was a tough time because, again, I have two kids now. And I have a wife. We've we got to pay this mortgage and these, you know. And I was like, Lord, okay, if I sell some tools, if I sell my baseball cards. I mean, I have a Nolan Ryan baseball card. I have a, a football. If I can get another job. like, no, wait a minute, God, what am I doing? You're my provider. Lord, you'll provide for us. And yes, we tightened our belt. We cut things out. We did this. We did that. And, 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 and then the other bills came along. You know how it happens. But we just said, God, you're faithful. You're faithful. And he, we always paid the house payment. We always put the food on the table. There were a couple times I had to just hold back for a few weeks where I'd send a bill out. God is always good. Amen. And so I'm, I'm asking you that, I mean, that was, and I look at my life before, that wasn't as bad as some other times in my life. But I thought to myself, how dare I doubted God in a season, of course, because, you know, the whole world at the time was, we're, we were afraid the whole, the, everything was going to crash. And I allowed myself to have doubts. And you see, when we have little doubts, it's okay, but when we start living the life of doubt... We began to live the life of doubt. God is displeased with that. Because he says, I can answer all your prayers. You're, you're not being persistent. You're not obeying what my son Jesus said, to pray and not give up. That thing at work, that thing in your home, that thing, that thing that's happening in this church, maybe, or in your life, don't give up. In fact, James 1, 6, 8 says this, but when he asks, when he, asks he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his, all his ways. When you just do lip service, God, help me with my needs, and then you say, God can never do that. Oh my goodness. God says, that's right, I can't because you don't believe in me. Don't be wishy-washy. The God of the universe created you. The Bible says that our God, with him nothing is impossible. Some of you in this room have quit the faith. You're going through a tough time right now. I'm telling you, don't doubt because doubt displeases God. But believe, amen? You see, a doubtful disposition, I'm almost done, questions the truthfulness of God. Let me tell you this, God is not a liar. Come on, amen? If it's in His Word, it's the truth. God's Word is the truth. And God is daring you. I'm daring you to start believing this in your life. I'm daring you to start calling on these promises for your family, for this church, for the nations of the world, the churches in the world. Would you begin to believe God? Say, you know what, Pastor, I rung the bell, but you know what, God can help you unring the bell. He can get you back in the battle of spiritual warfare. He can do it, amen? Don't just pray to pray, but pray and expect God to answer. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to open up the altars here in a second. Please don't be in a hurry to go off. God wants to break through your life. But some of you need to come down to the front and say, I need a breakthrough this morning. God wants you to become a hero on your knees. He wants you to pray without giving up. 
But before we do that, before I have you come to the front, I want to give opportunity for those who've never maybe accepted Jesus as your Savior. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes just for the privacy of those around you? Just, just privacy. Close your eyes. Bow your heads. And I want to give opportunity. You've heard me talk about this, Jesus. You, you've heard me. Maybe someone else told you about Jesus and you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior. I want to give you opportunity now with no one looking around. Eyes closed. And you see, you know, Pastor saying, I want to give my life to Jesus for the first time. I've never done it. I want to give my life to him. Would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Okay? Put your hands down. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I accept your love. I accept salvation. I accept real peace, real purpose, real joy, and real power. Fill me with your love, with your power, and with your spirit. Forgive me of my sins. I belong to you in Jesus' name. Here's what I want to do. Amen. Thank you. If you, see, if you made that prayer for the first time, come and get this little booklet. It's, the, it's called the New Believer's Handbook. It's in the front here. Come and get that. There's some in the back. Here's what I want to do. If you want God to help you, maybe you've quit prayer and you want to say, I want to become a prayer warrior again. I want you to come to the front. Come on, don't be embarrassed. Come to the front this morning. Maybe the worship, they can put a, either the worship team's going to come or they can put some music on. I don't know what's going to happen. But, but he said, I want, or, so you know what, Pastor Stan, I want to break this prayerlessness. I've kind of given up on prayer. I want you to come to the front and say, I want to pray. Or you know what, Pastor, I want to pray with right motives. I want you to come to the front. Come on, I want to pray for right motives. Or, or I want to take action in prayer. I'm tired of praying and not taking action. I want to take action. Come to the front if you want to pray. Or you want to say, you know what, Pastor, I need a miracle in my life and I need God to break through. I want you to come to the front right now. Come on, I want to pray. Or you know what, Pastor Stan, I, I've been doubting, but I don't want to doubt any longer. Come on, don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Come on down and say, I want to be, I want to be a prayer warrior again. I, I, I want to join the ranks of the prayer warriors again. Or I need to break prayerlessness in my life. Or you know what? I want to pray with right motives. I want you to come to the front. Or you know what? I want to pray in the will of God. I don't want to pray for out of the will of God. I want to pray in the will of God. I want you to come to the front. Or you know what? I want to pray and take action. I'm tired of just praying. I want to take the right action. Or you know what? I don't want to doubt God and His abilities any longer because God is able. Come to the front. Just crowd to the front. Go to the sides if you need to. Lord, we need you today. Your word says... That you love us. Your word says that you have a purpose for every one of us. Not to harm us, but to give us a hope. To give us a future. And Father, we're humans. We are frail. We get discouraged. We, we do want to quit. We, we, do want to, we do want to give up, Father God. We, we want to just stop. But Lord, you don't want us to stop. You don't want us to ring the bell and quit. You want us to join back. And Lord, there's some in this room that came to the front. They need a miracle. Would you do the miracle right now? A financial miracle, a relational heal, uh, healing, uh, a financial thing, a, a spiritual healing, a body healing. Lord, heal bodies today in the name of Jesus. But Lord, maybe there's a prayerlessness. They've given up on prayer. Would you put fire back in their bones? God, maybe they've just doubted who you were. Would you put faith back in their minds, God? Lord, maybe they've been praying out of the will of God. They haven't been praying in the will of God. And they want to pray in the will. Would you help them to pray in the will of God? Maybe they're just tired. They're beat up from the enemy. Lord, would you lift them up today? Father, would you move upon every person and whatever need that they have today? Would you just touch their bodies right now? Anyone else want to come up and pray?
with us. Pray right where you're at. Pray for the loved ones. Pray for the situation. We saying, God, I want this to happen in my life. I need this to happen in my life. Come on, church, cry out to him right now. We believe you, God. We believe in you, Father God. We believe in you, God. Oh, we believe in you, God. We believe in you, God. Nothing is impossible for you, Nothing is impossible for you, Lord God. I'm not going to let the devil 